What's up, guys? Today, we're going to get into artificial intelligence, the breakdown of three things that you can do right now on your roadmap to implementing artificial intelligence in a human-centric design, of course. This is geared towards empowering humans. But that's what we're getting into here today. See you on the other side. of our lives inside either in traffic at work or close eyes how about we all agree that it's way overdue to take back our lives What's up, guys? Welcome to the Work Wherever podcast. This is the podcast we talk about AI, automation, the ability to work wherever so you can live every day like it is Saturday. Today, we're going over artificial intelligence, three ways that you can implement it, three ways that you can do, three steps, rather, that you can take right now to prepare yourself for artificial intelligence. There's a ton of web services out there that will help you with your artificial intelligence, that'll implement it for you, that'll get you to where you want to be, but that's only part of the equation. That's more like the last lap, so to speak. Where There's two other steps really before even choosing your AI that a lot of people skip over that we'll get into here on this podcast. Before we get into everything, there are four. I'll reset the show. I know there's a lot of first-time listeners. There is four different versions of the show. There's Roy's Rants. That's what you're getting today. That's me by myself talking about something, usually putting on some tinfoil hat. Today I'm not. I'm teaching, uh, I'm attempting to teach you guys something, I suppose. The next one would be the hotspot. There's the internet hotspot. That is me, Sydney. Des has been here for the summer as well, where we're talking about trending news articles, things that are happening in around the IT uh, world or remote work. Then we have Homegrown. That's me and my wife, Haley, where we talk about, it's more of like a lifestyle podcast. Where we talk about homeschooling. We talk about different ways that uh, the work where our culture has changed our lives and how you can do the same. And then, uh, which we just did an episode on that, my wife and I did, on Amazon Fresh. So if you've been to Amazon Fresh or you haven't been to Amazon Fresh, we went, we did a, I forced myself to use the, the Amazon checkout because you can pay via like traditional grocery store but we did the tech way and we reviewed it on uh on our latest podcast of the homegrown episodes and the last one was long format so that's when we have guests on and we talk about you still hear normal podcast i assume uh that you guys are probably listening to you have a guest on it's like that show like the talk show format that's that's that style but today it's me you get me and we're talking about artificial intelligence. And now before we talk about artificial intelligence and before we get into actually implementing, you know, what you guys might consider to be the cool part of this, you actually can't start with any artificial intelligence. In fact, the first two steps that we're going to go over before getting into choosing your artificial intelligence is they're like the worst steps in terms of fun. What's the most fun? They're not sexy. 
They're not cool. Um, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of preparation and a lot of people look at it and especially with data reporting as well, a lot of people look at the first two steps and they're like, we're not doing anything. Why aren't we doing anything? When are we going to actually do something? So the first step in that boring process that, I, that I've laid out um, is data consolidation. So what data do you have? What do you have? Where does it live? Are there APIs available? How can we connect this data? How can we pull the data and information wherever it may live? There's a lot of organizations out these days. So right, before, I, I've talked about this a lot on the podcast, but before this artificial intelligence boom, there was the SaaS boom. That was That's kind of like what we're exiting out of. We're kind of exiting out of the SaaS boom and into the artificial intelligence boom. Mind you, most of these artificial intelligence are going to be SaaS type applications. SaaS means software as a service. But the actual boom of SaaS is is over. It's done. And that SaaS platform, it transitioned people out of um, build-it-yourself mindset and into a software-as-a-service. So instead of me building my own software and spending a lot of money in doing that internally, I'm going to go build something or, or buy something off the shelf, you know, COTS is a an acronym for that, commercial off the shelf. I'm going to go get a COTS solution, plug it into my environment on a SaaS platform, software as a service, that I'm paying for monthly subscription-based. And from there, I'm going to import all my data. It doesn't live on my servers. I don't have to worry about that. They take care of the security. They take care of the firewall. They take care of all that. They being the software that I've purchased, whether it be Dynamics 365, Microsoft 365, Salesforce, Zoho, what else we got out here? HubSpot. What what are some other things that people are using? I feel like those are the big ones. Um, ServiceNow, right? These are software as a service, big softwares that traditionally, or not even traditionally so much anymore, I feel like the SaaS boom has as, uh, exploded and come down so much to the point where a lot of the people who are new to the workforce don't really remember the time when you had a full-on IT team where you had to develop your own things. I feel like most people in the industry now are more worried about buying software and what's what software is good to buy than it is building your own and building uh, requirements around that. So where does your data live? Get your marketing CRMs, your sales CRMs, your you know QuickBooks, that's another one. That's another software as a service. Uh, Jamus, Acumatica, these are all software as a service. Uh, Dell Tech, CostPoint, those are all ERP systems and accounting softwares. So you take your, your financial data, you take your sales data, you take your marketing data, maybe you have some manufacturing data, you have uh, information around uh, how your how your lines are doing, how how your lines are going, meaning your assembly lines. How long does it take you to make a product on average? How how what about your customer service teams? How long does it take for them to respond to something that's coming in? You want to see all that data, then you want to see what you're selling for, then you want to see, you know, your financials, you know, year over year, month over month, quarter over quarter, etc. So you have all this data, but all your data lives in different environments. QuickBooks calls it a customer. Maybe your manufacturing calls it a product. Um, 
sales calls it an opportunity, marketing calls it a subscriber. So you have all of these different terminology and all this different data. So step one is to find, to map out where all your data lives. And this can be done just writing it simply down on a Word document, Excel. She doesn't have to be some crazy architectural design. Just write it down. What am I using and why am I using it? How many people are using it could be good. The data that exists there, what's the purpose of the data? Just get a general overview. That's step one. Lay out all your data. And then you want to make sure that you're finding a place to consolidate that data. So the a big common way to do this now is when you're consolidating your data. So you've, lapped, you've mapped out your data. Now you want to consolidate your data. So the consolidation of your data can be done in a data warehouse. It can be done in a data lake. We've talked about Microsoft having this new product called Fabric where you're actually able to bring in the data that, li that lives in different environments uh, through one lake. And so one lake is a portion of Power BI, which is a business intelligence dashboard tool where you're able to view reports, graphs, and, and consolidate and play with your data. So consolidating your data through Fabric, Data Lake or a data warehouse is the typical way of doing it. And so what that means, a data warehouse is you're pooling all of your data into a single database, typically a SQL database. And so what you're doing there is you're pulling all your data information from different software as a service, like we talked about. You're getting all that information and you're importing it into a single database. And from that single database, you now have a single source of truth. This is where all of your reporting will stem from. This is where you're building out all your deltas. This is where you're building out all your initial queries, your, your uh, data relationships, stuff like that, which I won't dive too, too much into that because that's step two. But you want to find out where you want to consolidate your data. SQL database, Fabric is making it pretty easy if you're in the Microsoft world. Okay, so now you're like, okay, you're all my data. I want to put it together somewhere, whether through an API or a connection, direct connect. And then what do I need to do? Can I just use my data? Am I just ready to rock? Unfortunately, the answer is no. So I have an article here pulled up. And so this is this article claims that on average, organizations believe that 25% of their data is inaccurate, a factor that impacts on the bottom line. Dirty data is what it's referred to as when it's data that's not clean. Dirty data can be costly in the long run. It can eventually lead to lower productivity, unnecessary spending, and unreliable decision-making. This is at an article from Sync Apps by Kazoni. And so uh, this, this article goes on and breaks and it breaks down. You know, it's kind of a salesy article, to be honest with you. But it is it that was an interesting data point that I found that 25% of of organizations believe that their data is inaccurate. And so I would lean probably on the higher side of that. I would say most organizations, their data is dirty. They just don't even know what dirty data is, to be honest with you. And so dirty data is human error data. So it's inaccurate. It's misreported. It is uh, not up to date. Uh, it's data that contains errors. So it could be Incomplete data, okay, we have most of the information, but not all of the information. That's the majority of CRMs out there, if we're being honest. Most of your CRMs might have first name, last name, 
email, but you're missing a phone number, you're missing the industry, you're missing how many employees they have, there, there's incomplete portions of your data that's missing. That doesn't give you an accurate way to compare all of your, your data together because it's simply missing certain information. The other portion of it that would be duplicate data. And so duplicate data is another big one, which happens in our marketing CRM a lot because you know, might, maybe you'll have somebody email. We have our marketing CRM synced to our Outlook. So we have both of our CRMs synced to our Outlook, our sales and our marketing. But you have the CRMs that are synced to Outlook. Outlook, somebody emails you that that contact then gets created automatically within our CRM. That and then and then it goes to the feed so that we can see every all the conversations we had with a specific contact. You know, what are we what are we communicating with them on? If they're asking for certain things, we can create support tickets directly from emails. We can create quotes or opportunities. And then if we change um, sales associates, which we don't have a sales team, but if we change uh, QBAs, so a quality business analyst, then. You know, and that person is taking over an account, they can go back and see all the quotes that we had for that person, all the email correspondence, all the support tickets that are associated with that through through Outlook. But that leads to duplicate data sometimes because sometimes we'll have multiple contacts. People will email us from different email addresses or um, you know, their name might be added in one way and Outlook reads their name as last name, first name. And so duplicate data happens. Incorrect data, inaccurate data, inconsistent data. Storage failure is another one. Uh, you're running out of space. That's a big one. Uh, and then old data. It's like, oh, yeah, we used to use this CRM or we used to use this marketing, but we don't do it anymore, but we do still want to report on that. That's old data. So these are all dirty data. And so your step two to implementing artificial intelligence is to get rid of dirty data. So you want to do a data cleanse. You want to go through your data, ensure that the data that's coming from all of those systems and softwares that we talked about in step one, and now that you've consolidated it, that it is clean. So porting your data into a data lake, porting it into a data warehouse, and just having it all in one place and reporting on it isn't going to give you the appropriate numbers that you need. In fact, it's probably going to, it's probably going to hurt you more than anything else. You want to make sure that that data is clean. You want to make sure that uh, the data is accurate, it's up to date, uh, and it's complete data. Because without those things, you're you're going to get half the story. You'll probably make, will you make decisions faster with the artificial intelligence? Yeah, sure. But will they be the right decisions? Yeah, unlikely. If you're dealing with old data and you're dealing with inaccurate data, you'll make worse decisions or bad decisions faster, which will actually just accelerate the problems that you already have. Very, very bad. If I if I have to point that out, that's very, very bad. You don't want to make bad decisions quicker. You want to make good decisions quicker. And so maybe right now with your inaccurate data, uh, data and your dirty data, maybe you're making good decisions, but it's taking you longer because your data is inaccurate. So you want to make sure that you clean the data before you before you uh, implement any sort of artificial intelligence web services because then it will just accelerate your your error rate. Which leads us to, to to step three. And this is probably what you expected me to say for this, this podcast. And that's the actual implementation of artificial intelligence. And so there are multiple different ways that you can do this. The first way that I would do it is to find the artificial intelligence web service from wherever you built your data lake. So if you're on Microsoft, you're probably using Azure. If you're on Google, you're probably using Google Cloud Platform or AWS. Those 
services, you want to make sure that you're controlling your data within the same environment that you you are subscribed to. It's a best practice. It keeps your data all in one place. It makes your security a lot simpler. Your single sign-on is all there. It makes your life a lot easier. If you're Microsoft, use Azure. If you're Google, use Google or AWS. Now, that's not to say you can't cross clouds. That's actually called multi-cloud. And it's totally fine for like backups or taking advantage of other web services that your cloud computing may or may not have. That's totally fine. But I'm saying when you're first starting out with artificial intelligence, it's best to pick one and run with it. And if I were you, if you're Microsoft, like we're Microsoft, I would choose Azure. If you are Google Suite, I would choose Google. I'm not against AWS. I'm certified AWS. I think I hold like four AWS certifications. I love AWS. I think they do a great job. But I think that is a next level artificial intelligence than a baseline artificial intelligence. If you're listening to this, you're talking about the three steps to getting started. Stay out of AWS for now. I mean, if you want to go all in, you already got environments running within AWS, then go ahead and do it. But if you have no cloud presence, you just have data in terms of software as a service, and you have no internal cloud presence where you spun up your own web services, just take the easy route and spin up an Azure or spin up a Google suite. You'll have your single sign-on and then start small. So assuming now you have your data warehouse, you have your data lake, you have your fabric. Now what's next? Choosing the web service, right? So if you're Microsoft, I would initially start with Copilot. There is the open AI. There is... Um, the Bing Enterprise, there's the Viva Sales, there's a whole plethora of artificial intelligence within Microsoft 365 that you can utilize your data with. But start with Copilot. It's simple, it's easy, it'll get you, it'll get you in the habit of understanding what is that you want before you go bigger. Because a lot of these artificial intelligence tools and web services are going to cost you money. And they're not necessarily cheap because they know right now everybody wants them. So start with a Copilot. Copilot is a chat-based service within Microsoft 365 that you probably already have. And you can query your own data by syncing your, your data lake, your fabric, or, or whatever it is that you want to it. It's just a simple overlay. You can also use Power BI as well to build graphs. That's not artificial intelligence, but that is reporting on that data, which is just as good, arguably, as artificial intelligence in decision-making. So those are your three steps. Identify your data and consolidate it. Clean your dirty data. Get all, your, get all your inaccuracies out of the way and make sure that it is clean. You're, never gonna probably, you're probably never going to be able to totally eliminate dirty data, but you can reduce it. Then third and finally is choose the web services artificial intelligence platform that makes the most sense for you. Be easy about it and, and go slow. So choose something that's off the shelf and then you can explore those open AIs. Then you can explore the ChatGPT plugins. That's going to require a little bit more coding because honestly, you probably don't even need that right now. It would be nice to have and you can do it. You're probably going to need a developer to help you with that. You're probably going to need a developer to do all this stuff for you. Let's be honest. But if we are doing the artificial intelligence and we're using Copilot, it's a COTS solution. If you're using uh, data consolidation using Fabric, it's a COTS solution. So these are the easy ways in. Un unfortunately, when you're talking about cleaning your data, the best way to probably do it is going to be manual data cleansing. That's probably going to be your best way. So you're looking. I would maximize your time and effort using utilizing COTS solutions and su such as Fabric and Copilot, and then take a manual approach to your data cleansing. 
That's just me. That's how I would go about it. And then, of course, when you've maximized those avenues, then you can go into the deeper building your building a huge SQL database, depending on how much data you have. And then you could talk about open AI overlays, ChatGPT integrations, machine learning, deep diving, that sort of thing. Um, when you're getting into like, that's when you're getting into the the big D, right? The big data. So guys, thanks for hanging out. I hope you guys learned something today. Uh, if you have any questions about this, go to capitalpresence.com, hit me up. You can book my calendar or, or one of my team members and we can have a conversation that is specific to you. We'll build you out a, a roadmap so that you guys can uh, figure that out. Also, we launched a new platform that'll diagnose your automation readiness and artificial intelligence readiness score. So if you're like, man, I really want to use artificial intelligence. I really want to do all these automation things that you guys talk about every week. Well, now you can, you can see how ready you are and it'll, point, it'll diagnose you to see exactly where you want to start. So that's automatemybusiness.us as then the United States, automatemybusiness.us. Our entire approach to artificial intelligence and automation is all human centric and it is all United States based. So all of my developers are US citizens. They're all W2s. They're all federally cleared to do business with the federal government. So your data is protected. We want to make sure that that is, that is first and foremost, that we are uh, creating and protecting American jobs here and creating and protecting your data in American data sets. So check that out, automatemybusiness.us. Hopefully uh, you guys got a lot out of this. Until next time, guys. See you. Well, guys, thanks so much for watching and or listening. We have had a great time. Hope you did too. You can find all of the Work Wherever podcast episodes here on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or all of your major streaming platforms with new episodes dropping every Monday. Make sure to follow us at Capital Presence on all social platforms to stay up to date with the things all Work Wherever related. See you next week.